Good morning. We are back from the dead. <laughs> All right. Today, today, what is today? Today's the 20th. It is December the 20th. The year is 2023. Oh, and I about messed up right there. This is Daybreak Live with the Nesbitt. Yes, let me get over here. And do something. Go! It's time to lift our hearts to Jesus. It's time to break some holy bread. Grab your coffee and your Bible. Listen to what the Look at this. The band is all here. Michael is over in the corner. Can you see? There he is. <laughs> band is all here this morning, too. And so, uh, we're going to sing. She's going to sing. They're going to sing. And then we're all going to sing. A carpenter, a mother, <laughs> and a king. Here we go. Michael. He'll play. Do what? I said Michael probably won't.
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Did y'all mean to match the flower back there? I'm not I matching did. the flower. Not those flowers, but... You are flowers. I meant to wear red and green. You're a bunch of flowers. You're a bunch of flowers. Hallelujah. Had trouble getting us on Facebook. That's an old story. I'm going to tell you, Facebook is so weird. It's like, there's some, you know, things, I don't even know how it works, really. I mean, if, but we can do anything I'm just happy with. I tried to share something this morning on this, but it wouldn't let me, that somebody else shared from the conference when we were playing. Anyway, it's just crazy how these things work. Boy, it's good to be back home in Tennessee. We're in our kitchen here. And uh, just, just great to be here, Charles. Uh, you're going, you're going to be with us on the team to Honduras, correct? I'm thinking we'll be together really soon, right? Honduras. Going to Honduras to preach the word together. I'm looking so forward to doing that and spending some time together. So, guys, thank you for praying for us. The the uh, the conference just could not have went better, really. For us, I mean, for us. Now we were, uh, we were the last. We did the very last concert at the very end of the conference, but uh, God poured out His favor on us and gave us favor, and the people liked us. They loved our music, and uh, we, had a good time. we just had a great time. You know, and I was sharing with uh, my sister yesterday. It's it's uh, one thing when people love you singing other people's music, like, you know, and I'm thankful for that. But, you know, we sing whether it's Dolly Parton songs or whether it's, uh, you know, modern worship songs. And, and we're thankful that people like the nest for singing those songs. But it's very special when you sing the music that God gave you and people love it and they get it and they just uh, really love your music. And, and so... That was a very, 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 very special thing for us, and it told us a few things, so that means we will be moving forward with completing this next album, Messianic Mountain Soul album. So, wow, God's good. Let's jump into the Bible. We are having our Bible study. We'll only have three days today, tomorrow, and Friday. Uh, sorry about yesterday, but we got in late the night before, and we just needed to kind of sleep in and rest up. And uh, so, but we'll get going today. Let me get over here on captions and we'll get our Bible study going. Now, we are still in Proverbs and we're in the book of Proverbs chapter 27. I'm going to start with verse 6. Verse 6 is where we ended with before we left out for Orlando uh, to sing down there. So, it says this, faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. And I wanted to start with this because this was where we left off, and I wanted to ask the, this question. Can you take correction? And I, 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 I'm serious. As your brother in Christ, I'm, I'm asking you, can you take correction? It's is there anybody in your life that can speak to you 
And you know you're, you're secure enough in their love that they can speak to you and you can receive correction without it making you mad, without it making you upset, because you're secure in their love. You know, I think that we need to be able to take correction, especially as children of God. Amen? I mean, come on. So I wanted to jump over to 2 Timothy chapter 3. You know, the, the wounds of a friend, the wounds of a friend, God is our friend. If you belong to Christ, you know, you are a friend of God. Yeshua is your friend. Jesus is your friend. The Scripture is your friend. Now it says here in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. That means teachings. So why we do daybreak. And this is why on daybreak in this Bible study where you guys join with us right here in our kitchen and we just walk through verse by verse, line upon line, is because Scripture is profitable for teaching us. And so we want to learn from it. But it's not just for the doctrine, just for the teachings, but also it says for reproof. It reproves us. We read the scripture and we go, uh-oh, I need to change here. Lord, help me change here. By your Holy Spirit, let me change here. For correction, the Word of God corrects us. Uh, on the road, I was listening to one brother teach. Um, what's his name, Mike, honey? Mike Winger. Mike Winger. So I was listening to some of his stuff. He's a good teacher. He's a good young teacher. I think he's younger than me. But he's a good young teacher, good Bible teacher. And I was listening to some of his stuff, and he was talking about how we bypass the Scripture. You know, we, and we, how do you bypass the Scripture? You have preconceived thoughts. And this is something I teach as well, and this is why I'm highlighting it. We, have, we come to the Bible with preconceived thoughts. We think a certain way. And then we read our thoughts into the Scripture. Now, this is not a correct way to study the Bible. Okay, doesn't matter who you are. doesn't matter if it's me. doesn't matter if it's you. What we want to do is we want to read the Scripture in its context. Do you realize that you can take Scripture out of context and teach any kind of craziness? You can start cults easily. By taking scriptures, ripping them out of context, you know, here a little, take a little scripture here and a little scripture there and a scripture here. And then when people, especially when you start talking to people that don't read their Bibles anymore, then you, you get this whole group following a whole way of thinking that's not even correct. It's easy to do. How can you guard yourself from that? By going and opening the Bible reading it for yourself and trying to read it in context. Now, when I talk about bringing our preconceived thoughts to Scripture, you might say, I don't do that. I'm going to say this. We all do that a little bit. We all attempt, and we don't want to do that, but we do. We think a certain way. You know, the Bible has changed my mind on so many things that I used to think when I was younger, even as a younger preacher, I bet Brother Charles could agree would I say amen to this. 
when you're preaching, when you're, you start preaching the word, you're preaching it. But as you study and as you go through years of study, you're like, oh, and your views change on some things. I didn't see that before. Because sometimes we preach what we've heard preached. We say what we've heard said. And so it's so wonderful to just take it and let the Bible correct us. For instruction in righteousness, it says, verse 17. So I'm in 2 Timothy 3.17, if you're just tuning, just coming in with us. That the man of God may complete. Now, the man of God means man or woman of God here. It means the child of God is what it means. May be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Do you know what our brothers and sisters went through so that you and I could read the Bible in our very own language? You realize how precious it is to have the entire 66 books. We've got the Torah. We've got the Hoth Torah. We've got the Brit Hadashah. That's the, the writings, the first five books of the Torah. We've got all the prophets, the Psalms, the Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. we got the prophets of Isaiah and Jeremiah that we get to read. And then we got the entire Brit Hadashah, the New Testament, the New Covenant, the teachings of the apostles, how beautiful and awesome this is, that we can not only read the writings of Moses all the way up to the teachings of Jesus and then the inauguration of the new covenant and the apostles telling us now, understand this new covenant, understand this new way of understanding God. A new covenant I will make with my people in those days, said the Lord. Anyway, so going back to 27.6. Now, Proverbs 27.6. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Sometimes the holy word of God, not sometimes, often if you read it, you'll find it wounding you. But it wounds you like a surgeon saving your life. You know, I've had to have some surgeries in my life, and those surgeries caused me pain. But the pain of the surgeries was not ultimately for the pain. It was ultimately for my healing. That's what the Word of God does. It'll wound us, but it wounds us. It wounds us for our good so that it can heal us. But the enemy, Satan, Oh, he'll kiss you with all kinds of lies. <laughs> all right. Let's go to... He'll stab you with lies. He'll he's no respecter of emotions. No, he's not. No, he's not. The enemy. You have an enemy. I have an enemy. Never, ever forget this. You have an enemy. Your enemy's not me. <laughs> and my enemy's not you. Okay, we're not each other's enemy. Your enemy is not your spouse. Your enemy is not your spouse. Your enemy. Not your boss. Right. It is spiritual principalities and powers, darkness in high places. Verse 7. So Proverbs 27, 7. Hello. Yes, I will, Diane. Right after daybreak, I'll... Well... If I can, I wonder who she was. 
she can't find us because we, she needs us to accept. She got a new Facebook account. Okay. You want to see if you can find her and accept yep. her friend request so she can get on? So sorry. Sorry. Uh, where was I? Verse 7. A satisfied soul loathes the honeycomb, but to a hungry soul, every bitter thing is sweet. Now, this proverb is beautiful, you know, and the, the, uh, the, the proverbs here that we're in are really, they're looking into our motives, as I shared with you before we left out for Florida. They're looking into our motives. They're looking into our heart. They're looking to, into what's really behind what we're doing. What's really behind what we're doing. You know, what's going on? So a satisfied soul loathes the honeycomb, simply meaning the proverb is saying, when you're full and satisfied, you don't need anything else. Okay? But next, the, to the hungry soul, if you're hungry, every bitter thing is sweet. Now this, this proverb, this is one of those proverbs that could be taken uh, in a negative way or in a positive way. Okay. I hate those stink bugs of Tennessee. I think they'd be dead by now. I know it. Proverbs. It could be taken in a negative way or in a positive way. So, positive. Uh, you know, keep yourself full of the good stuff and you won't want the bad stuff. That's basically the simple, simplest way I know to say it. Fill yourself up with what's good for you, you know, the honeycomb is good, honey is good, fill yourself up with what is good, and you won't desire what is bad. Now, sometimes I tell people, you know, they're like, hey, I have problems in this area, I have problems in this area, uh, I keep, I can't, I'm weak in this area. Well, we all have areas where we can, all of us, everybody has areas you're weak in, whether it's sweets, you know, whether it's food, whether it's drink, whether it's just fill in the blank. What is your weak spot? What's the best way to to come against that and to keep yourself from falling in those areas? Walk with the Lord and fill yourself up with fellowship. Fill your time up. Don't have idle time, right? You know, have time in prayer. Have time in fellowship, praying with others. Get about the kingdom work. Be busy working for the kingdom. Idle hands, right? You got nothing to do. Then the next thing you know, we end up getting in a bad way. Okay? So that's how you could take it in a positive way. How could you take it in a, in a negative way? Um, we're too satisfied, right? Uh, in other words, we're hungry, and we the, the things that are not good for us, the things that the enemy has for us, we're willing to eat them. We're willing to take them, you know, in a negative way. Or we're so full, we're so full of, of things in our life that we have no time for God. You know, definitely God is the best thing that we could have in our life. But if we fill up our time with everything that's no good, right, we have no time, we have no time to take in God. We're already full. We're already full. You know, it's just like when we're preaching, all the preachers on here, you we know this. It's like they don't have it don't matter how good something is that you're preaching, once people get full, 
they can't take anymore. It's just like going to a big meal. You know, there's a lot of good stuff to eat, but you know, once you've eaten and now you're full, you don't want anything else. Choose wisely. Yeah, choose wisely what you eat. And, th and this is, uh, like I said, this is one of those you could preach off of this in a negative way, you know. You could preach off of this in a positive way. Uh, it's just a, a true statement that when we're full, we don't want anything, right? But if we're hungry, we'll want things that's even bad for us. So we want to be hungry for God. We want to be hungry for the good. Verse 8, like a bird that wanders from its nest is a man who wanders from his place. Well, a bird wandering from its nest would be, uh, you know, the nest is the home for the bird. It's the safety. It's the refuge. It's the bird's place, right? And so Solomon's painting this picture of just like that bird, he leaves it. He leaves its nest. That's what uh, a man who wanders from his place. I have a place. You have a place. We have a place. In the kingdom, we have a place. We don't need to wander from our place. When we wander from our place, we wander from safety. We wander from our home. You know, sometimes it takes a while in our life to figure out who we are. I would say that about myself. You know, I'm now in my mid-50s mid 50s finally I know who I am but I'm what you call a late bloomer <laughs> I had a hard time knowing who I was when I was young you know and that's that led to you know str struggles even in Lisa and I's marriage because we were young we didn't know who we were when we got together right we stuck it out, you know, because of the covenant we made. And we truly love each other and loved each other even then. But we went through some hard times because we were kids. We didn't have a clue who we were. We thought we did. You know, when, when you're 18, you think you know. When you're 19, when you, you think, you really do think you know that you don't. Can I'm I get an amen? I'm not sure we know fully, and I'm not sure we'll know fully until we see him face to face. Well, we will, we will know then, even as we're known. I, I'll agree. I'll agree with that. But there is a sense of, okay, I know what my purpose is in this world. Oh, yeah. I know what my job is, you know. Right. Like like for us, it's like, okay, God has given these, us these gifts with music. These The music, we see music as opening doors for us to make connections with people so that we can share whatever gifts we have or understanding of the Lord and His Word with people. But we have, yeah, we have to have some way to make connections, you know. And so we think God has given music to us for that reason. But we didn't think that when we were young. Music when we were young was... It was fun. It was fun. It was for the applause. It was, it was for everything else. So... Who made you? Who created you? Would you say God did? Amen. And what is your place in this world? And maybe some of, some of you, maybe some of you would go, you know, I'm not sure what my place is. Well, it's time you know. Yeah, amen. <laughs> this I can tell you for sure. Are you a child of God? Answer this question. Are you born again? Are you a child of God? So you have a place in the kingdom. You have a place in the kingdom, in the work of God, either being discipled and discipling. You have a place in that work. You have a place somewhere in that work. 
okay? God created you for purpose, on purpose and for purpose. You're not here by accident. Lisa wants to say something before we get off here. So one of the little things that happened to us when we were at convention was we were in the elevator and this uh, flight attendant got on and she was trying to figure out, you know, which floor she needed because, you know, she's in a different hotel frequently and, and she's like, oh, I, why don't I, I don't know where I'm going. Why don't I ask myself that more often? And I was like, wow, we all need to ask. And I even said to her, you know, that's the most important question. Most important it's a question, very important where am I going? question. Where am I going? Yeah. You know, if you don't ask yourself that, that's, that's sorry. That's, uh, <laughs> anyway, so it just really spoke to me that a lot of times we just, we just wander through life and we, you know, push buttons or whatever on the elevator, not really knowing, um, where am I going? You yeah. Know? And just ask the Lord. And if you don't know your, where you're going, it's time. Who to am out. I? Who am I? Where, where am I? Uh, what, why am I here? <laughs> Amen. Where am I going? Amen. Amen. What's Very my purpose here questions. on earth? You know, you, we got a purpose. You're That's only right. here a little while. Yeah. It's like. I, that I have no idea how long that I'm going to be here. Neither What's do that you. thing about uh, the dash? It's all about the dash. It's that, you know, when you see the tombstone and you got that little dash between it. Mm -hmm. That little dash is a and little And then we go dash. to our long home, Scripture says. That's right. It's our, our eternal home. Our eternal destination. Store up your treasures in heaven. And so we got a little time. This, this is one of the things that's really, 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 really hit me in these latter days of our existence is Lord, teach me to number my days. Yes. And there's a certain number of days. You Now, you don't know and I don't know, but God already knows. You have a specific number of days. Now, I happen to believe you can lengthen or shorten your days, but that being said, whether you will lengthen or shorten is already known by the Lord. And we have a certain number of days. You can even put them into days. You can... You say, okay, if I live to 80 years old, how many days is that? Every day, it's gone. Yeah. Okay, every day. Lord, teach me to number my days. It won't be long, we'll all stand in front of the Lord. And you want to hear him say, and I want him to say to you and to me, well done, good and faithful servant. Amen. Amen. All right, let's say the Lord's Prayer. We'll jump off here and we'll see you tomorrow. All right, let's pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. All right, love you, love you, love you. We will see you, Lord willing, tomorrow. Bye.